0: Long. You are now tuned in to the Real Coach JB Slapdick it's Podcast. It's the last you to do. Last chance for me, will I make it? Will I take it to the top? Get out, get we out, see. It's the last, last, last chance for you. Last chance for me, it's a last chance for you. Last chance for me, it's the last chance for you. Last chance for me, will I make it? Will I take it? To what up, what up, man? The real coach JB here chilling on this fine Monday, uh, 29th of November. Day before my mom's birthday. Shout out to my good old moms. Um, I don't know She she don't like to talk about her age She's young though She's a young mom, man Shit, she had me She was young when she had me My dad was robbing the cradle <laughs> My dad was, uh My dad, when he passed in 05, was 67 My mom's 67 now So he was out there, uh Getting his, like, creep on, wasn't he? Nah, he was about twenty twenty 20 years older, though Um uh, yeah you know it's crazy how people say age ain't nothing but a number but sometimes it is when it gets a little too far it depends on when you find when you meet i guess like a 40 something year old meeting a 20 year old from the gate that's a little weird to me now if he was 60 and she was 40 a little different um i don't know I can't do it, man. I got a daughter. She's that age. Like, I I never was into, I never been into the young female. Not really. The The last one I messed with was the youngest I've ever messed with. And she was like 30. So that's like, to me, young. But appreciate everybody. Title of this show, man, is Pardon My French. Shout out to everybody on YouTube. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, become a member, make the, make sure you hit the, the bell notification ring. Uh, as always, this show is brought to you by Bet Online. or sorry, by Manscaped. Um, I got a few sponsors. Manscaped is a sponsor of this proud slap dick episode on this fine Monday. Um, My man said, Robin the Cradle, Michael Beverly on YouTube. Yeah, no doubt, huh? My dad was out there. Out there. Um, Christmas approaches, it's holiday season, you don't know what to get your gift, uh, get a gift for your stocking stuffer. The perfect stuff, stocking stuffer is shaving your balls. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code slapdick, get you 20% off plus free shipping. Whether you just using stocking stuffers or white elephant competition, manscaped is a leader in men's below the waist grooming and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code SLAPDICK. Go ahead and use it. Check it out. Ladies, get your man some uh, Manscaped for Christmas. You won't regret it. You know, you need to get the lawnmower trimmer. You need to get the, uh, look at right here behind me, this, this weed whacker right here. You need to get the weed whacker, man. Shave your ears and your nose. Man, you guys need it. You can't just be going out to the crib, just out the house, just looking like fucking whatever. That's what some of you guys do. But anyway, um, get 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com using my promo code SLAPDICK. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. So what up, everybody? Um... Pardon my French name of this show. Let me give you the quote of the day. Apologies aren't meant to change the past. They are meant to change the future. Apologies are not meant to change the past. They are meant to change the future. I tell you guys all the time. Motherfuckers that apologize over and over and over. Days, weeks, months, or even years after the fact the incident has occurred is who they are quit believing what they say what they say and who they what they do is who they are quit fucking accepting apologies from these motherfuckers that's who they really are it's over and over and over continuing to do the same shit and you guys giving them passes to me blows my mind Kirk Herbstreit, biggest apologetic motherfucker on the internet online on the mass media platforms horrible motherfucker is who he is we're not who what we're not what we say we do we are who we are what we do what we do is who we are you guys don't understand that shit if you do something you made a choice to do it i don't give a fuck what you say and apologize about you did the shit that's who the fuck you are Stop believing people that keep apologizing. They're apologizing for a fucking reason because that's who the fuck they are. And all you soft motherfuckers out there keep believing these motherfuckers. No, that's who they fucking are. Anyway, apologies aren't meant to change the past. They're meant to change the future. Make sure, uh, you realize that. Anyway, um, lots of disgust today. Pardon my French. I'm gonna recap this weekend. Weekend's picks. I went two and three, man. I, North Carolina covered, they won. Ohio State lost, pretty much got dragged by, uh, got drugged by Michigan. Michigan State won, beat Penn State. Um, Bama lost, they didn't cover. I picked them to cover. They played horrible on offense. And, uh, I think I picked, uh, I don't know who, uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma lost, no shocker there, um. Lincoln Riley probably not fully invested in beating Oklahoma State. Um, (laughs) or Baylor for that matter. Shit. He's probably been prepping SC for quite some time. Um, make sure, let's make sure, let's make no mistake about it. But we'll get into all that. Shout out to my my main man, Mark Jones, man, ESPN, class act, football and NBA basketball announcer. He's been on ESPN for 30 plus years. Um, he called the Florida State-Florida game this past weekend. Gave me a shout-out uh, after uh, Jermaine got a sack, I believe, his 12th of the year. Um, Jermaine might have had one of the best. Jermaine Johnson, one of my former players, he may have had one of the best single seasons in Florida State history. And uh, Mark Jones pointed it out, so I appreciate him, man. He lives back. He lives out here in L.A. now. Um, and uh, he's the color commentator for... Um, for uh Sacramento Kings if you didn't know but anyway great dude great family his son uh wrapped as you know kind of performed at my whiskey event here at the house last summer uh kind of like a weekend type of guy they're from Toronto so his son was trained by the weekend actually and he could blow he's pretty he's pretty nice um Holiday push, my whiskey, my book, my posters, I got everything online for sale, Venmo Me, Coach JB12, uh, the books, I got them right here, uh, for shit, about 50 people already bought some this morning, so uh, I got about 100 books, I can get a few more if you need them, I got posters as well, so I've already shipped those first 50 out today, that came pretty fast, I uh, posted it on social media, and them motherfuckers bought them quick, so I got about fifty left. So Venmo me, Coach JB twelve. If you want to sign book or a poster, um, thirty for the book, forty for the poster. Holiday uh, discount, Cyber Monday, whatever the fuck that means. I have no idea what the fuck that means. Um, you could also book me on Cameo, um, and I could talk a little shit to you or your loved ones. Call you a slap dick, whatever it is. Um, you never got the shirt, Pete. Damn. You're supposed to get the shirt. Me and Spree shirt. Huh? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? If I think we can ship certain merchandise to Canada Devo. So if you order something online, uh, coach JB I believe you can't order a few things to Canada. So check it out. Yeah. Jermaine was one of my l- biggest recruits, man. He was probably the biggest recruit. Uh, everybody and their mama wanted him. um, he was going to sign with University of Minnesota, actually. UCLA was his dream school. Um, did a lot to get him, man. I personally recruited him, obviously, um, and did a lot for for, uh, for get to get him. Shit, man, it was a lot. Driving up to Minnesota, Minneapolis a few times. Great mom. Had a girlfriend at the time. I don't know if he's still with her. Um, brought him down to Indy. Showed him around the great town of Independence, Kansas, and uh, he instantly fell in love. but uh good kid man um great freak of nature could be a first rounder uh talent like i said years ago um lakers lost to the sacramento kings um without a fucking coach they fired luke walton and they and these motherfucking lakers lose to the kings like what the fuck is the lakers deal but like I said, horrible team, horrible infrastructure, man, horrible uh, franchise, the way they went about creating this unit. Um, you hate to see the franchise do these things when these fuckers are this old. Nobody wants to watch these old motherfuckers play. They, they're they horrible. Um, yeah, Alan was there with me. Alan's in the show here on YouTube. He was there when we got uh, uh, Jermaine and... Uh, he was one of my, Alan always helped me host recruits and, uh, did a good job with him. We made it as, as D one ish as you could do as you can, as you could at a juco in the middle of fucking nowhere. So I tried to make sure I was different as far as how I hosted recruiting, uh, weekends and how we did recruiting. So that's why we were a little different than everybody else. Um, lots of discuss, man, a lot, lot of, uh, Decent games. Packers, Rams. Rams shit the bed again. Rams have declined since they've gotten OBJ and um, Von Miller. I just think I still think they're one of the most top, the top three most talented rosters in the NFL, if not number one. At some point, talent is going to, you would think, come and you know rise to the top. Uh, they just have not hit their stride. They've lost three in a row. Um, I'm sure McVay's taking some heat. Um, Matthew, our boy looks like the old Detroit Matthew, um, Stafford. He's not very, he doesn't look very good, man. He's missing corner routes. He's missing inside seam balls. He's missing, you know, stick routes right over the center. Like he's not accurate at all. Something must be up first five, six games. He was looking like one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL. He is now looking like one of the bottom three and the Rams need to run the fucking football more. And on top of that, this number one so-called defense is getting gassed. Um, the last three games, 49ers uh, fucking green Bay, 36 points. Yeah, they're not going to win no games. I don't care in the NFL if you can't play no defense. So yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, this shows on at 2 p.m. on the pacific side west coast 5 p.m. on the east coast so appreciate you um i just got on about 10 minutes ago um so yeah um anyway lot to discuss we got we got a lot of shit man i'm going to kind of go over my top uh my college football take Before we get really going, I know the picks come out tomorrow. They're going to have this whole, I didn't read the whole Devontae Adams deal and OBJ. I didn't get to catch that. I don't know what what was the deal about it. Somebody said he sent a jersey over or something. I said something about putting a hole in it or something. I don't know what that was all about. Um, So, who knows? I didn't read into it. But top four college football teams, in my opinion, after last game. Now, this coming up week is the, you know, conference championships. But to me, Georgia and Bama need to be number one and two. I don't care how Bama's played recently. They played shitty as hell against Auburn. But, you know, that's a rival game. Um, Georgia's tech is just so bad. Georgia just is head and shoulders. Um better but michigan by the performance they gave against ohio state are is my number three team and then oklahoma state beating a uh a uh coachless oklahoma team to be honest i bet you i want to know how many kids knew he was leaving i think you know rumors hit man and and things happen and uh Kids find out, man, and that shit leaks. And I'm sure they already knew uh, he was out. And uh, it's unfortunate, man, that you do kids that way, but that's the business. Lincoln Riley leaves for SC. Um, I think I'm sure people's known that. I'm sure he's been working on that for months, if not, or at least weeks, if not a month or so, maybe longer. Um, So I got Georgia, Bama, Michigan, Oklahoma State as my top four. Notre Dame Cincinnati on the outside looking in, I just think Cincinnati should never get topped by Notre Dame. I'm a true believer if you beat a team on your schedule and you have the same or better record, there's no fucking way in the world that you should be trumped by that team. And um so Cincinnati beat them on the field. Oregon beat Ohio State on the field, but then they shit it on their fucking they it on themselves um, against Utah. They get a redemption game against Utah. Oregon does, but it's too late. Dollar late, uh, dollar short. It's too late. It's too, it's too fucking late. Oregon played their fucking cards. They look shitty. They've had two of the worst losses in the country and one of the best wins. So you lost two games to a shitty Stanford who Notre Dame just blew out and... A Utah team that has three losses, who's playing very good now, but still, three losses, Pac-12 team, which is a shitty Pac-12 right now. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, Who knows? We'll see. But Cincinnati, to me, is just... The schedule hurts them, man. I, I know they're a pretty good team. They play well They They got a good team. They beat Notre Dame, but they haven't beat nobody else. And, you know, people want to refer to the Georgia to game last year in a bowl game or whatever. That's not the same team, not even fucking close, okay? Cincinnati will get drugged by any of these four teams that I just mentioned, in my opinion. I think there's just a huge difference. Power five and the group of five, even though Cincinnati beat a power five team this year, but Jacksonville State beat Florida State. So it's not a real big shocker right now with the transfer portal ways that they are, with the way that college football has been watered down and pretty much even playing field after Georgia and Bama. I think it's anyone's ballgame. I think it's Georgia's natty to lose. I think they're the clear cut favorite. I'm interested to see Saban scheme them this week. And to be honest, I don't see a Heisman Trophy candidate this entire season. I haven't seen one Heisman Trophy candidate that is stuck out head and shoulders above everybody else like normal. Like there's normally a couple guys that you say, all right, this guy can, should win it. This year, I don't see. Uh, a head, uh, you know, a shoulders, head and shoulders, cut above everyone else. Now, this is what I will say: if Bryce Young and Alabama beat Georgia, I feel that Bryce Young will win the Heisman because of where he's at in Alabama, being at Alabama, number one, number two, uh, having a pretty dominant. What's he throwing? Forty plus touchdowns um, as a first year starter. Um, I think he will win the Heisman if he beats Georgia. It'll be his defining moment, and, you know, this game's going to be the deciding factor for the Heisman. The playoffs, really, it's already too late. Heisman's picked by then. So what he does against Georgia the second time if they play for the natty is moot point. It doesn't really matter, right? What matters is what he can do this week. Can he beat Georgia this week? And it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. If Alabama beats Georgia, do they go to one and Georgia goes to two? So they won't play each other again? Are they going to bump Georgia to four or three? It's It's interesting how it's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I would be hard-pressed to see Alabama. Even if Alabama loses to Georgia, to me, with two losses, they still deserve to be in. Just because their track record and what they've done um, consistently, I still think they're the top four team in the country if they lose to Georgia or not. Because anyone and everyone's going to lose to Georgia. So they are actually good enough to be playing Georgia for the conference title, which to me carries weight. Bama should, regardless, still be in the top four, and I think they will put them in the top four. Ohio State's done; they won't put them back in it. Um, and you know, you know, somebody's gonna get fucked. Cincinnati, Notre Dame. To me, Notre Dame's fucked because Cincinnati beats you, so Cincinnati should go in above Notre Dame. But are you going to trump Ohio? I mean, uh, Oklahoma State or Michigan? It depends. If Michigan lose to Iowa in their conference game, title game, then Michigan will be out. And then now you got Oklahoma State um playing who Baylor, I think. I mean, Baylor's not high enough to get in, so Oklahoma State will be out. So now you might get Georgia, Bama, Cincinnati, Notre Dame. So it might all work out, but at the same time, man, um i don't know i don't know it's gonna be very interesting um to see how this thing plays out yeah we had a running back transfer from san diego state he, he'd even make our roster um there's a different ball game Juan. um Juan on YouTube asked, he said he remembers me on Netflix saying that San Diego State players couldn't even make our roster at Indy, which is true. I'm not lying. Um, The issue is, you know, when I was at Indy, we had better players than most. We had better players than Kansas, Kansas State. We had a lot of power five. We were better than a lot of power five schools as far as roster goes. Now, we didn't have 96 scholarship players like a division one. But our top 11 could play anywhere in the country, in my opinion, at a, at a lot of places, you know. Um, we could have played anywhere. There's a lot of a co- lot of kids, man. The San Jose State running back at the time was a starter, and he was hitting us up, and I was like, son, you can't play here. Who's he going to start over, Rakim Boyd? Just so you know, Rakim Boyd started at Arkansas in the SEC and was leading the SEC and rushing on the worst team in the SEC for a while. So... I'm just want to make sure um, you know you understand that, and like Alan said, they were soft and couldn't do the simple stuff. They couldn't go to class. They couldn't go to practice. See, that's why they're. See, most kids you don't understand one. Most kids leave four year institutions for three reasons: they were a fuck up and got kicked out, they smoked weed and got kicked out for some type of disciplinary action, didn't go to class, GPA was low. Etc., and the third reason is they just wanted an uh, opportunity to play, so they're like, Okay, I'm not gonna play. And this was before the transfer portal really existed, Juco was the transfer portal. Now, Juco is going to be crushed by this, in my opinion, which is shitty because Juco teaches all these kids how not to be prima donnas, how to get some nuts and guts. And when you go back to the four year school, now you respect and appreciate the the real dorms, the real campus, the real food, the opportunity to play in front of thousands, if not millions. It depends on the school you go to. And JUCO was the transfer portal. Jonathan Banks, quarterback at Kansas State, played at K-State, wasn't playing what he thought he should have been, and we reached out after I heard about him, came to Indy, um, him and Allen were my two quarterbacks the first year at Indy. He goes back to Tulane as a two year starter at Tulane after that. He left, he had a 3.0 GPA at, at Kansas State. He graduated at Tulane with a degree. Tulane's a very hard institution um, academically, uh, private school. He did a great job, got his degree, and just left Kansas State because he wanted to. He wanted an opportunity to get re recruited. So that's the three options. You, you, you're a fuck stick. You get kicked out. You got a GPA issue, which, you know, sometimes you're, you know, you're a slap dick and you don't understand how to go to school because you're right out of high school. You don't understand the rigor of study halls and five and six a.m. weight rooms and you don't know these things. So it, it takes an acclimation process for you and you struggle and or you want to play. Nowadays, there is no options but one. It's transfer portal. Let's go to the transfer portal because I don't want to compete. I don't want to. I don't want to compete. I don't want to fucking sit around. My homies are playing at LSU. So if I say I'm redshirting, I'm going to get clowned on Twitter. by My homies because I went to elite 11 and then they're playing at Alabama. I'm sitting the pine at Georgia. So it's a peer pressure thing. And, um, yeah, it, it, and, yeah, like Alan said, transfer portals hurting high school kids, too. It, it is. It is, definitely. I mean, it's a trickle-down effect, and shit rolls downhill, as we all know. And that's the problem. This transfer portal, man, is just becoming a uh, – it's going to become so over with kids that I'm afraid that this college football thing is even going to get worse. This is the least competitive college football season I've seen in my life. And if you guys don't agree. Now, some of you can flip that opinion and say, well, I say it's the most competitive. Jacksonville State beats Florida State. Appalachian State could have beat Miami. Fucking Northern Arizona beats Arizona. You can say that too, but that's not good football. That's watered down football. You got several power five transfers playing at other institutions. They're not even their original coaches recruits. Like to me, that's a problem. Like it's become very lazy and we have a bunch of lazy recruiting and we rather dab into the transfer portal. See the coaches can stop the transfer portal. Even though the NCAA non-caring assholes of America created this portal The coaches at the institution can shut the portal down if these motherfuckers go and say, you know what? You couldn't play at Alabama? You can't play for me here at Clemson, here at Virginia Tech, here at North Carolina. Maybe he can play for you on the field, but damn it. I wouldn't take transfers. Ask Allen. I never took another JUCO transfer. If he was leaving another JUCO, I did not touch that person. No fucking way. If you can't play a fucking Garden City, you ain't going to play for me. If you can't play a Butler, you ain't going to play for me. We're the top dogs. Why would I take a motherfucker from your school? You can't play there. You can't play for me. If these D1 guys had this mindset and they went out and recruited and busted their ass and did their job and did their due diligence and kept these kids at their schools when they signed them as freshmen, we wouldn't have the transfer portal soft trophy everyone gets a trophy era generation we wouldn't have it but coaches refuse to do it they went the fucking quarterback you know transfer cam rising's a starter at utah right now he's he's balling and i tried to get him to indy after Allen and them had left he was at texas he's a socal guy i had a i had an in on him i knew his coaches i knew a, a, one of his mentors and i had him close to coming he'd rather have set out at utah a year instead of come juco and uh, yeah that's Dabo's philosophy but Dabo's also losing kids in the portal so just so so we're clear you can't have fucking portal kids leaving your institution and then not take them so now you're losing kids now you're going to be losing FTE at the four year level administrators frown upon that if it's what's the FTE means for all you guys that don't know in layman's terms it's full time enrollment and football is the largest full-time enrollment body of people on a campus, um, so you have to understand <laughs> you're losing kids in the portal, but you refuse to take them, which I respect. And everything, um, something's got to give. And um, yeah, like Alan said, today it's 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 today is what a lot of people call Black Monday in the college football world because a lot of kids now just blow up the portal today after the season ended. Coaches left. Coaches went to take new jobs. Coaches got fired. I'm gonna chest the waters. See the bottom the bottom line is um you know what's Lincoln Riley? He thinks the grass is greener on the other side. And I spoke to a, a very prominent Oklahoma alum who's Super Bowl champ. Played a long time. Um, you know, I spoke to a very, very prominent person, man, and he he's kind of pissed himself, but he was like, you know what, dog? People think the grass is greener, and I said, you know what? People think the grass is greener, but in theory, the shit is brown as a motherfucker. The shit is really brown on the other side. It ain't as green as a lot of cats think. And... um, you know, people say, do you like to hire coach? And I'm like, no, I think it's a horrible fit because and I got a guy on social media and he's like, coach, why do you think it's a horrible fit? And I'm like, it's a horrible fit, man, because. L.A. is not like. Oklahoma. <laughs> And the guy on social media is saying s c will be in a natty in two or three years and I said, "Well, let's bet some real big money because i I would bet my house that he's not in a natty in two or three years and the cold part about this whole thing is is people that people think that I'm doing something real fast um people think that <laughs> You know, you could fucking, you could leave Oklahoma and come to USC and have an easier path to a natty. It ain't that simple. And I want to tell you guys something. If the, Alan may understand this, it may not. A lot of people may or may not understand this. It's easier to recruit LA kids out of state to an Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, than it is to recruit L.A. kids in-state at USC and UCLA. Let me make sure I say that's for you guys in the back. It's easier to take a kid out of L.A. and take him to Oklahoma. Oklahoma has like five Southern California top five recruits were committed. I think they decommitted it last night. But they were committed from L.A. to go to Oklahoma. It's very easy to get those kids, not very easy, it's easier to get those kids to go to another school right now because how bad SC and UCLA is and how bad the transfer portal is than it is to keep them at USC and UCLA. I want to see him keep an LA kid where he has not a fucking clue how to speak to him or, me, or talk to him. And I'm not going to say that. You know, he's recruiting LA kids, so obviously he can talk to him. I'm not saying that. I, you know, I know the receiver coach at, at Oklahoma is a really good friend of mine and so is their linebacker coach, so is their O-line coach. I know a couple of other guys. Um, I got nothing against Lincoln Riley. I just don't think he's an L.A. fit. Like, you got to understand, Lincoln Riley is from the Midwest South region. Like, it's a different human. It's a different person. These are different cats here. You got to know how to tick, you know – touch every single intricate part of these L.A. kids to get them to stay at a USC or UCLA when Alabama, Oklahoma, all these other schools are playing in the playoffs and have these 100,000 people arenas and you're not even getting half in the Coliseum. These kids want to play in front of big venues. You know, they want to have a home stadium on their campus. UCLA, SC, they don't even have a campus stadium. You got to go fucking 30, 40 minutes away to play a home game. It's a different deal. And if I was Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, I'd be killing L.A. too. Man, we play right on campus, dog. We walk across from the locker room to our fucking stadium. (laughs) That's what people don't get. You got to get on a bus. So what happened, Alan? Breaking news what? Brian Kelly to LSU. Wow. That's horrible, too. <laughs> Three, two, five. Zero, zero, zero. Three, four. So <laughs> Brian Kelly to LSU. That is the worst fit that I've heard. (laughs) That's a worse fit than all of them. I don't understand how these cats are hiring these over the hill cats to recruit these inner city black kids. Like it don't make no sense to me. Oh, Coach, they'll just hire some young black coaches. Let's just keep slapping them in the face. Kelly's going to get fucking mud drug at LSU. Oh, my God. Um, So, Notre Dame now. So, see, this is what happens. It's called Black Monday. People just recycle. and That's going to be a recyclable business here. And so now you're going to see... Someone else, kind of big, leave another school and go to Notre Dame now. Now Notre Dame's going to get somebody big. And now that school's going to be out. And now you're going to get another coach. So, you know, I'm hearing Rich Rodriguez to Jacksonville State, Allen. FCS school. Rich Rod used to be a head coach at Michigan, West Virginia, Arizona. And he can't even sniff a D1 gig. He has to go FCS. He's going to go to fucking Jacksonville state. That's just a buddy of mine told me. So I, you know, I don't know, man, it's going to be interested. Brian Kelly should have stayed his motherfucking ass at Notre Dame for the rest of his motherfucking life. I would never have left Notre Dame. So (laughs) I'm just telling you, that's crazy. Yeah, nobody's considering Kalani, man. Because it's, it's like, I'm telling you, dog, it's a different deal. They look at you a little different when you're not their skin tone, brother. Polynesian, head coach, eh, got to be the right fit. It's got to be a BYU. It's got to be, can't have a Polynesian at USC. You can't have a brother at USC. It's got to be a white dude, man. That's the fucking politics of this thing. You can't have no bo- uh, bl- brother head coach at LSU. Are you crazy? Uh Allen is in this uh in this in the chat here. He uh he's got some insight on a lot of things. He does a lot of things um in the, in the football world, so um give him a follow on social media. And uh he broke the Brian Kelly news on on the chat here. Um I don't know, man, it's crazy. I just don't believe Cincinnati or Notre Dame belongs in the top 4 this year. Um and you know, it, I just believe it's gonna. It's, it needs to be. You know, Michigan in the playoffs for for once would be good for football, in my opinion. Michigan would be good in there. Um, you know, Cincinnati. I just don't know if it's good for football. You know what I'm saying? I just don't know if it's good to be to get in there uh, and get molly wopped and then you're talking about the old school. This isn't the old school where Boise State beat Oklahoma on Statue of Liberty and, and shit like this. This is a little different. Um, so, I don't know. But I gave you my Heisman pick. Uh, if he Bryce can beat Georgia, I believe Bryce Young will get the Heisman. That's just what it is, in my opinion. Um, Cincinnati struggled not only with Tulsa, they struggled with Navy. They struggled with UCF. They struggled with a few cats. That they should have blown out, and who are they playing? Alan, are they playing Houston in the championship this week? I think Houston has a legit shot at them, but I've been saying that for a while because all the Cincinnati Barstool Cats that talk shit, I just keep saying I'm just always going to pick against Cincinnati. But he's running a good team; he's got a good team there. In all honesty, um. Anyway, man, pardon my French, man. I'm 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 gonna be kind of. Irked about this because modern day high school they just won their you know a billionth CIF Southern Section California uh, Southern Sections championship last weekend by beating Servite their own league team which that was their third uh, that was their second time this year playing them um, but in the mix of all this they've had a bunch of drama hit the the news I report I talked about last week they had a hazing incident where a kid has brain damage and a broken nose and a bunch of issues have occurred and Inglewood high school, which is a black school in LA, which I told you that it kind of is crazy how and how, um, you know, how the zip codes change on what's pushed and the, what narratives pushed by the media. And it's unfortunate, but that's the truth. Um, Loyola in the house, Michael Beverly. Uh, so the narrative is Inglewood beats a team 106-0. They take a bunch of heat. They, they, they try to get the head coach fired. They try to say it's unsportsmanlike, all kind of shit. Modern day, white collar, suburban, fucking rich school with money, private institution in high school in California. IMG West is basically what it is. They almost kill a person in a hazing incident, and I've heard there has been several of these type of incidences over the years. And it's pushed under the rug. Nobody fucking talks about it. And they just won their other title. Just win, baby. Just win. (laughs) They win this past weekend. Now, I think they play Sarah for the Southern California Regional Championship this weekend. Um, And, you know, the head coach, Bruce Rollinson, been around for a long time. Um, Been there like 45 years or some shit. He basically said, no, we're going to win another state title. I'm not worried about nothing. (laughs) <laughs> it's a privilege that you guys don't really take serious. Like you don't think privilege exists. I told you guys months ago that Jimbo Fisher signed a hundred million dollar contract to Texas A&M, but a good friend of mine, Kevin Sumlin was the head coach in A&M. They have the exact same record to this date. Kevin Sumlin beat five power five opponents. Jimbo Fisher has beat zero. In, I'm talking about in there uh, on the road. I'm sorry. On the road, big time power five opponents that were ranked higher than them. a ms only beat Alabama. Sumlin beat Alabama with Johnny Manziel. Sumlin fucking won uh, a West title when they just came over to the SEC. He recruited fucking your boy Miles at uh, the Cleveland Browns. That's Kevin Sumlin's guy. He didn't recruit Manziel. Manziel was already there by Sherman, the former coach, but he did recruit a shitload of talent at A&M and they were loaded and made Manziel get a Heisman. But anyway, why did he make a third of the pay that Jimbo Fisher is getting? And why is Jimbo getting more years added onto his contract and they fire Sumlin. You don't tell me that privilege matters. You're fucking out of your mind. <laughs> You're out of your fucking mind. So I'm just throwing it out there. Um, Polly's playing modern day? No. Polly's not in that open division, right? Um, I thought it was modern day Sarah, but I don't know. Anyway, um, so anyway, this whole thing happens, man. Modern day gets thrown under the rug. You know, it's funny, though, that I take all this heat from being on Netflix and all this old shit. You know, I've never had one hazing incident. Why have I never had a motherfucking hazing incident? (laughs) Why have I never had a hazing incident? And, you know, I don't know, man. It's like perception is reality, man. You know, it's like. Harry Welsh, the head coach of Santa Margarita High School, prominent high school in Southern California. He won a California CIF championship years ago. This motherfucker's assistant coaches were growing and selling weed on campus. Pardon my motherfucking French. They slapped him on the wrist. Do you know what a good friend of mine did at Compton Dominguez High School in the hood? He had a deal with an insurance lady that if they sold, if kids sold insurance, that Keith, that my buddy could make that money to take those kids to camps on paper to the white collar bureaucrat. It's illegal. Okay. Proven that he never stole money. Proven that he never embezzled money. Proven that he used the money for what it was meant to be for. And if you know, my friend, my friend, You would never question him. He took those kids every year to fucking every camp in America. He used to drive them to Seattle to Washington, Cal, Berkeley, Stanford, USC, Oregon, Arizona, Houston, Texas. Would drive them himself. 30 of his team, players. House, uh, hotel, teach him how to be in, you know, it's really a college prep situation. That's what his whole mindset was. Take them, teach him how to be college students, live in a dorm for a few days, go to camp, get up early, go to bed early so you're not br- breaking curfew. They gave this man a fucking felony and told him he can never coach in California again. So I turned around and hired him in independence with me. One of my lifelong friends. I said, fuck it. I'll bring you to Kansas. Um, I can get you cleared through prints, I think, on this end. We'll bring you to Kansas. And that's what I did. He's still there to this day. Can't coach in Cali, though. A legendary coach here in Compton. Legendary. Harry Welsh has a group of kids, not only coaches, selling weed, but methamphetamines. He was growing marijuana trees in their fucking, uh, what do you call it? Uh, they had a, you know, they had the fucking, uh, I can't even think of the name, man. They had like the The fucking like uh, nursery on campus and they were hiding the weed plants and all of these green plants in the nursery that they had on campus, ironically. And, <sighs> San Clemente High School, when I was at Cabrillo, the year I took over Cabrillo, we played San Clemente, who was one of the best teams in California, and they beat us our first year. The second year, we should have beat them. That's when they had Sam Donald at quarterback. We had him beat. He goes 95 yards with like 50 seconds to beat us. Um, That coach at San Clemente was embezzling district funds with a garment company. Okay, was embezzling district funds and didn't do a day in jail. Never got charged. He just had to resign. And from what I heard is he's back on campus in an admin role. (laughs) Pardon my motherfucking French. But there's no such thing as privilege. Motherfuckers, you motherfuckers ain't. You motherfuckers better wake your fucking Self up and make sure you really go and do some research. You should maybe go out and do some professional development and go zip code to zip code and see the differences between South Orange County high school budgets and North Orange County budgets. Just let's just stay in Orange County. Then I want you to go from North Orange County budgets into South Los Angeles budgets, which would be Long Beach, Carson, and then you do South Los Angeles budgets and compare those to North Los Angeles budgets, which is South Central LA, more Crenshaw's, Venice's, Morningside, Inglewood's, LA High School's. Go check those. You will see, as further south you go, the more money you have and more shit you get away with. Harry Wells won in Santa Margarita. And just so you know, could have done whatever the fuck he wanted. And you know what? He didn't do no jail time. He didn't get no felony. He wasn't banned from coaching. But you help a bunch of black kids out and drive them around yourself. You think Harry Welsh drove these motherfuckers in a van across country? But no, you can't do that. You go to fucking jail. You get a felony. You can't coach in high school no more. You can't coach high school no more. Coach, sorry, leave. (laughs) What'd I do? Oh, you just helped too many black kids. (laughs) But Harry Wells and modern day and all these motherfuckers can recruit the black kids from the hood and pick them up and drive them and do all this shit and you can do whatever the fuck you want. It's crazy how the narrative fucking switches. It's crazy how all these things unfold Um, and it's really, really sad and uh, pardon my fucking French, If the truth hurts a lot of you motherfuckers, because the truth is there are fucking privileges out there. Like no other. I've seen it myself. Do you think I got the privilege at Cabrillo? The only white dude coaching all black and Polynesians. Fuck. No, they were looking to hang me anytime they motherfucking could. I couldn't bring 30 transfers in a year. Like I was, they made a JB rule because of me that just now got lifted last year. So (laughs) You guys think that shit is not real, man. It's fucking comical. Oh, that ain't real. That's uh, Just talk. Oh, really? It's talk. Well, when I write my second book and I give you facts that me and my principal had to drive around and fucking home check addresses, which is probably the most dangerous thing you can have a principal of a district do. Number one. Number two, blatant slap in his face. His whole family's legendary. Number three, you had a principal go check in the hood at certain addresses on kids, 30 of them. And guess what? Every motherfucking kid was there. Every motherfucking address checked out. So y'all can eat a fucking dick, CIF. I should have sued your bitch asses then. And I still might because you use my name in a fucking rule, JB rule. Motherfucker, please. I can't wait. Anyway, um, unbelievable man Unfucking believable San Clemente though can embezzle district funds which is a federal crime and nothing happens (laughs) Uh, TJ TJ's in the house uh, one of my Polynesians man uh, played for me at, at Cabrillo and then I and then I had him coaching with me I even took him to Garden City with me for a while and got his feet wet in the Juco world but uh he can confirm all this shit, man. I'm not playing. That shit's unfortunate, but that's the truth. Um, just gets overshadowed, man, by, by, by white, white-collar crime gets overshadowed by blue-collar zip codes. White-collar crime gets overshadowed by blue-collar working zip codes. It happens every single day. If you don't believe it, you guys are blinding you. You're blinded. <laughs> and you're ignorant as fuck but here's what it is um inner city has no voice that's the problem so it irks me when you see Stephen a smith and michael irvin and all these motherfuckers on here on espn i don't know if you noticed but have you watched the clips that i put on social media today of Irvin and Stephen A just blatantly disrespecting the fuck out of Molly Quorum Rose, Jalen Rose's wife, who's a horrible narrator. She's a horrible fucking. She cannot control the set, number one. Number two, these grown men should have some type of fucking respect factor for the woman, because ESPN, remember, they claim to be pro woman this pro woman that whoever the producer of that show is get up or first take should be fucking castrated he is so fucking horrible whoever the producer is she or he it's a slap in molly's face a molly's horrible in my opinion right very pretty girl fucking Jalen rose married her you know you wonder why she has the job who knows i'm not gonna get all that all i know is she's horrible at her job And the men on the set don't make it easy on her. She could be so much better if those men would help her by just shutting the fuck up when she's trying to go to a commercial break. They're literally laughing over her with no video, only audio. You see in the ESPN logo, come on. She's talking over laughing, over a sidebar conversation. Like it's disrespectful as fuck to women. If I was a woman, I'd be so fucking pissed. And yet nothing happens. ESPN don't even address the shit because they don't even fucking have a clue on how to fucking um, talk shit to Stephen A. They don't want to talk shit to the fucking, you know, the, the, the figurehead, $10 million man. So he can do whatever he wants. Stephen A is a joke, dog. He don't even, he don't even have any valid points on anything. He says he just yells him and him and him and fucking Irvin are the two worst. They're just yelling across the fucking room at each other, dog. It's a joke to watch. Literally it is, but there ain't nothing else on in the morning. I don't, I just wake up to it, drink my coffee. So I just watch and laugh nowadays. It's just really shitty. Um, And then, you know, me and my boy, man, Dan Orlovsky, we squashed it, and he's a good dude, man. We text and stuff. He's a great dude, to be honest. But today he told Rex Ryan that the Colts, when they were up 10 points, should have kept throwing the football. Come on, Dan. That's why That's why you'd say that shit you say, man. It fucks with me, dog. How are you supposed to throw the football when you're up 10? You're supposed to run the ball, dog. You have the number one back in the fucking NFL, Jonathan Taylor. Why would you throw it with Carson Wentz, who cannot throw it consistently to save his life? You see the pick that he threw that cost him the game? Did you see the fumbles? Like... Throw the football when you're up ten. Let's keep. Let's give Tampa much more time of possession, many more opportunities with fucking Tom Brady. How about we run the ball and get some first downs and keep them off the fucking field? I don't know. That was a bad take, Dan. I'm sorry. um Still like you, man, but that was bad. Um, but that's my point to Stephen A. and these fucking Ryan Clark's and all these motherfuckers. You got inner city kids who have no voice and blue collar working coaches who have no voice and white collar fucking suburban fucking areas overshadow all the fucking good we do and can haze motherfuckers. Modern day haze is a cat who has a brain injury. But Inglewood's getting more fucking media because they scored a hundred and six points. <laughs> Holy shit. Zip code changes. Narratives change. I don't that's crazy. I didn't even know. I forgot about that, Alan. I forgot Molly got LeVar ball banned. I remember that shit. <laughs> oh shit. Cause Laval bark ball called her out. Didn't he? Oh man. That's crazy. Crazy, crazy, man. I don't know, but it's unfortunate, man. Pardon my fucking French dog. It's just a bad white collar versus blue collar, man. And, oh man, one of those things, one of those things. It's crazy to me. I, I, I don't get it. I really don't. Um, I don't get it. Cam Newton, you know, two, three weeks ago was on the rise. Now has backed down to what I think is his demise. Can't throw the football accurately enough, consistently enough. Similar to Lamar Jackson, who I love to death. You know, people say, oh, you hate Lamar. I don't hate Lamar at all. I love Lamar. Lamar would be a, I would love to coach Lamar. I do know a good friend of mine who coached Lamar at Louisville, recruited Lamar. I met Lamar, great kid. I don't, I love the kid. I hope he is, ends up fucking winning six Super Bowls. But the truth hurts people when you point out their flaws. And all I'm doing is showing you he has to do these things better in order to win in the National Football League. I point out Baker Mayfield, sorry ass. Yes. Carson Wentz, sorry ass. Yes. Every other motherfucker you see I point out too. So don't say, oh, you don't like Jamar. Motherfucker, I love Lamar Jackson. He just can't win a Super Bowl the way he's playing. You see his fucking mechanics. Have you seen his, what he does in the run game? See, the run game makes Baltimore Ravens go. And if he is not always doing something in the run game after he hands the football off, besides looking back at the ball carrier, he's hurting his team. He has to be an actor. He has to carry his fakes. He has to go full speed. got to get in better shape if that's the case because that's a lot of work. Ask Alan. So you got to be able to carry the fake and act like you fucking pulled the football and when you run triple option, you can't just hand the football off and stand in the backfield. You are now creating an extra body in the box. If you carry your fakes, then you can fucking pull people with you. But what do I know? I'm just trying to point it out. And a lot of you guys don't understand that shit. And I tried to point it out before. And the truth of the matter is you have to carry out your fakes in the triple option football game so that you can fucking control defenders at the second and third level. But, you know, Twitter coaches are... So funny because they, they act like they're coaches and they've coached forever. And I'm just like, holy fuck, have you ever coached anything? Please show me your resume before I talk to you. Because I'm tired of wasting my fucking time on your motherfucking ass. I'm not wasting my motherfucking time on your sorry ass. So please shut up. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, I'm going to show you a little bit of a. Uh, some of you guys have watched my coaching show. You already know. Um, I'm going to show you guys a little bit of what I'm saying though alright well that'll work alright maybe you can see this now You guys see this? All right. So anyway, um, show you a little Lamar Jackson, man. All right. This is DV sport. Like I said, I'm probably the only coach in America at his house that has the shit so I can rewind and just like a coach. So watch Lamar Jackson right here, hand the football off. And, um, Watch him hand the football and then kind of just look backwards and waste. See, number, I want you to see something right here, okay? See this guy right here that I'm circling? He needs to control him. And they need to control him because they cannot block one. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fucking people. They can't block all of them. Count these guys. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and they have eight. Okay? This is their eighth person. This is their ninth person. So we're not counting them for you guys that understand it. Anyway, they don't have enough blockers for these guys. So the quarterback needs to control somebody. Now, do you see 25 stop? Not really. He's honoring Lamar just enough, but it's we're not being actors. He's not being a great actor. So you can't block that front right there which is basically a fucking over look or basically a fucking bear look, you ain't going to be able to block that with the O-line numbers you have, which obviously didn't happen. So Lamar needs to be an actor and carry out fakes in the run game. And I know this ain't a coaching show, but this is what I'm trying to tell you. He has to be coached better in practice and stop get, letting Lamar Jackson's 24-year-old ass, which I don't think is happening. I don't think people are, are sending, me, sending me messages saying, oh, he needs a hard-ass coach that will coach him. Nah, no, I don't think Lamar would ever defy coaching. I don't, he's not that guy. He's a great dude, kid. He wants to work, I think. I just don't think he's being coached that well. I think in the NFL, you, you, there's less fundamentals being coached and more... Um, more schematics, more mental shit. And, you know, every time that you play Lamar Jackson, you're going to get this look. Eight in a box and beat me with your arm. Which sometimes he does. He's had great throwing games, but they're all from improvisation. They're all from breaking the pocket, throwing to Hollywood Brown when he breaks coverage and he's wide open. See, when he has to throw on time, this happens. You know what I'm saying? And, and to be honest... This is just bad coaching in my opinion. You know, like you're throwing a slant flat combination and the slant is on the fucking numbers. He's basically five yards from the quarterback. <laughs> so like that slant right there is never going to be thrown. But at the same time, the thr- the slant needs to be thrown in windows. He needs to throw this slant. Right there. See that window right there? That is an anticipatory throw. This is his read key. When his ear turns to this back, the ball needs to be thrown right now. He cannot pick that ball if he throws it now. Last night, if you watched the game, he picked the football. When they ran a little stick concept, he picked it. That's the quarterback's read. This ball should be thrown because look at what this guy's doing right here. He's flat-footed. Look at the Mike Backer. Is he doing that or is he doing this? He's fitting the box in the run game. He can throw that slant right now. Tom Brady does. Aaron Rodgers does right there. See that? You're telling me that he gets that? Fuck no. The ball should be thrown right off his earlobe. That is why he will not win a Super Bowl. Unfortunately, it's shitty because he's not being coached up when he can. I would love to coach this motherfucker up. And, in, and it's similar. My, it's kind of my offense. You know, Alan and TJ can tell you this is basically the shit I do and I've done for a long time. He has to get better and be coached, though. See, this is things that he needs to be coached up on. But he's not being coached up, and then he takes a sack. And I broke this down many times on my coaching show, but you know, there's things that he does that you, that you have to really watch and he could be so much better. They can be so much better if he were not to do this. So first of all, so you guys know, novice fans, his elbows are away from his body. So anyone that knows football knows that he don't have the football. Everybody knows he don't have the football. See, I I would be having his elbows tight. He would be sprinting hash number sideline, and he would be holding this guy. What ends up happening is this guy does that, and he goes like that, and guess who tackles him? That motherfucker. But guess what? He could have held him by carrying his fake out with his elbows tight, and people don't realize that you have to be able to count for guys that, when you don't have the football, but that's triple option. One-on-one people won't want to talk about it. And, uh, I'm not, I'm not mad at, at, Lamar Jackson. I'm just telling you simple things. Um, you know, this, this ball is late. Like this ball is so late. Like this should not be a, a thrown with a hitch. The ball should be gone. Who? I, I just want to make sure everybody out there, Alan will tell you, Allen, who's the read key on this play right here? Is it the corner or is it this guy right here? It's the fucking alley defender. He's the only guy that can stop this hitch ball. Unless he's doing this, we're throwing this ball already. See, the ball takes too long. He's taking a three and a hitch right here. The ball should be caught and thrown. He don't need to take a drop. Look at this route. His drop and his route don't marry up. They don't match. Look at his drop. Takes too long. The route is only a five-yard stop. The ball should be caught and thrown. He don't need to take a drop. Catch it and throw it. Look how late it is. And look where the ball is. The ball is inside. We want this ball to be thrown outside, away from the bad guys. This ball should be thrown here. He should be catching it and going here. See, I'm just saying. Um, yeah, unless this guy's five or less in the NFL, five or less, you know, they don't run fade like we would in college. You know, they run real they run UFO, they're gonna run routes against it because lowest percentage balls are fades, and we're not gonna just throw fades all day in the NFL. So we're gonna run stop routes full speed. See how he's putting full pressure on that motherfucker. He's getting him to turn out of there and breaks it off. Boom, ball should be thrown. Ball should be gone. This guy should have the ball two seconds ago. But, see, that's just what it is. Look at this box. This is a fucking high school Pop Warner box. This is an eight-man box, man. Nine-man box. He has to be able to throw the football, man, and consistently. So, look, they're bringing seven against ten personnel trips. That's how much they believe in his throwing abilities. So, I'm just being honest. Now, this right here... Should have handed the football off. This is another double option play. It's basically they're giving it or they're throwing it off of this guy. That's why his spacing is condensed because he's running an outcut route and he's an option for him. So this is double option football. He can give it or he can throw it off of this DN. Now, if the DN crashes, Lamar can actually pull it and throw off this guy, which makes it triple option football. But a lot of cats like you know, ESPN don't even understand this. So I'm going to show you the end- zone copy so you guys see what I'm saying real quick before we go on. See, Miles Garrett is the read key right here, okay? He's not being blocked. So Lamar' is reading him. If that guy is not screaming, and I tell Alan, if there's grass, if there's feet in the grass, let's fucking just give the football. This ball should have been handed. All right? It's a bad read by Lamar because Miles Garrett could have easily batted this football down and picked this ball off. So look at if he hands the football off. Where is Ingram going? (laughs) Look at 68 leading for him. (laughs) Look at the receiver leading up. (laughs) Number 68 and 77, there's a convoy. Look at the running back. Just watch the running back for a while. Don't even worry about it. Look at the running back, Ingram. He's gone. There's nobody to stop Ingram. Look at this. Oh, look at that. Instead, he's taking a risky throw on that and he should have handed that football off. So you have to take what the defense gives you. You can't get overzealous in doing things. Now, this is a second level RPO. I'll I'll end this breakdown of Lamar on this play. So I want you to understand what is going on here. We're basing the front here. All right. We're blocking the front. We're reading this Mike backer right here. This backer is our Mike ID. So we're working to him in combination. We're reading this linebacker right there. If that linebacker fits the box in the run game, we're going to pull the football and we're going to run it. If that linebacker leaves the box, we're going to hand the football off to the running back. All right. Now. He makes the right read based on what he's doing that backer, but he makes the wrong read mechanically, okay? His fundamentals here are bad. They're very bad, and I'm going to show you the end zone copy here so you can see what we're doing. This is a second level double option play. We're reading this guy. This guy is the ID, all right? Our O-line's working to him. So we're going to go out here, we're going to work that. These two are going to work that. He's going to base him. He's going to go get that for Lamar Jackson to run behind. And Lamar is going to read this guy. If that guy comes down in the box, Lamar will keep it. All right? Follow 86. If this guy were to vacate the box, we're going to hand the football to Ingram. And he'll have a light box to throw the football. Now, let's you guys tell me. What's 51 do? He's in the box. So Lamar makes the right read, possibly. But he's too quick with it. Because of mechanics and fundamentals, he's not very good. He's not being coached very well. So ask Allen what we did every day. We did mesh drill. So this is actually perfect. We're on the hash. This This front foot of Lamar should be riding into the line of scrimmage to get this guy to bite in the line of scrimmage so the run action can hold him so he can now pull the ball and go. He could be gone. But watch. Do you think this linebacker doesn't realize he's pulling the ball so fast? Look at that. See his front foot? Don't ride in the line of scrimmage. Look at his back foot. He's cutting the running back off. Get this foot over here. Get that foot into the line of scrimmage. Get him to bite. Now pull it. Look at this. But he's so quick with it and so fast with his action that it's, Guess what he's doing? Lamar Jackson is literally running 45 yards laterally to gain three yards. Lamar Jackson gained three yards right there. Just so you're clear. Three yards. And he ran 45 yards. He is now fucking exhausted. He has to go back to the huddle. He has to fucking regroup. Just think about all that shit. So... Just telling you. What's going on? Oh, somebody's talking shit? Oh, don't worry about them, dog. That's just what happens. Uh, have him send your resume. But he's the one inside here um, with us. So just don't worry about that shit. There's dick writers everywhere, guys. Don't worry about that. All right. So, anyway, that's my breakdown of Lamar. And, you know, all the haters out there. Anytime you want to fucking see me break down film with Nick Saban or anybody else want, you should go probably try to get a hold of them and ask them if I know football or not. But anyway, that's a whole nother ball game. I would love to see what you do. Um, anyway, that's just a little quick breakdown of Lamar because he needs coached up. He needs coached up. He can be a lot better, but until he can throw the football, he ain't, he's going to struggle, man. He's going to struggle. So just telling you, um, Anyways, that's my fucking, you got my Heisman pick. You got my final four in college. Uh, I'm going to give you my top five in each division of the NFL real quick um, before I talk about the Lincoln Riley deal. Um, Yeah, he's still in here because he got a balls. He's got a, a, you know, his jaw is full of balls. That's why he's in here. (laughs) A lot of cats are jealous, dog. I'm going to be honest with you. And I love my haters; they're our biggest fans. I gotta tell you, eat my pretzel, dog. All right, here we go. I'm gonna get in Lincoln Riley at the end here. We've already gotten down, uh, and we had a hundred people in here, man. Appreciate you guys. Hit the like button, subscribe. Become a member and uh, for the slapdick in here who's hating. You, you is slapdick pretty Why much. Why you call me slapdick? Because my dick slapped me across your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so look. My, my college four picks are Georgia, Bama, regardless of this week's outcome. And if Michigan wins, of course they're three. Or two, if if Alabama loses. Alabama, to me, only can drop to three, in my opinion, even with two losses. Because any either way, you're playing Georgia for a reason. You deserve to play Georgia. So, that's my opinion. Um, but if, if Michigan loses to Iowa and Oklahoma State loses to Baylor, shit. I mean, I don't see any choice but to put Cincinnati and Notre Dame in there. And I just don't think... Um, Brent Venables it's Venables um by the way but yeah you know Matt you know I don't know if you know but um Venables is the Garden City Juco guy he played at Garden City Uh, Kansas Juco guy um I think he's one of the highest paid D coordinators in football him and uh Dan Lanning at Georgia um who I know real well but I think Bama deserves to make it with two losses. Who who would you take over them? Like, I, I don't want to see nobody else. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, that's just what it is. Um, I'm not coaching right now, homie, because I don't want to coach. I don't want to coach soft, bitch-made motherfuckers like you. What do you mean? That's why I'm not coaching. It, it has nothing to do with... <laughs> Has not a motherfucking thing to do with what I know. And so you're what you just said was contradictory. You sound like a fucking slapdick. You just hated it. And now you say you're not hating. I know my shit. <laughs> but why is I, why am I not coaching? why don't you eat slim fast, motherfucker? Like, who gives a fuck why I'm doing something? So you want to make assumptions of a motherfucker? That's your problem. That's why America's soft, because a motherfucker's like you assuming shit. You put your foot in your motherfucking mouth when really you need to remove my dick out of your mouth to put your foot in it and say some shit that is false. But you motherfuckers ain't real enough for me. I'm tired of hearing from you. You are dismissed. Anyway, um, put him on timeout. So I got to say, top five AFC football teams, all right? It changes every fucking day. Just so you know, have you guys ever seen an NFL season? where motherfuckers ball for three weeks and then are shitty for three weeks and then come back and win a game and then lose another game. No, you haven't, right? Why is it ironic that we have a transfer portal issue? College football is at an all-time low, in my opinion, as far as competitive balance. And high school football is the lowest numbers of United States history of with regarding participation. Participation... Even in populous states like Texas and California and Florida are down. The the, the participation in high school athletics is down tenfold. And you wonder why NFL is inconsistent. It all has trickled down to me. It started years ago, seven on seven, personal trainer, fucking transfer in high schools, college, transfer portal, NFL, late hits, targeting, all this soft shit, take away special teams, take away kickoff. Let's take away the wedge buster. Let's take away holding hands on kickoff return. Let's take away, fuck, let's add fair catches at the fucking 10 yard line, put the ball at the 25. Like all this soft shit. How about college football eliminating further playing four down game scenarios and just going for two? When in the fuck did that begin? I swear to God, I did not know that shit was real. I did not know that was a real thing. So now we, and this is the cold part. Let me make sure I'm I'm, I'm hearing this right. The rules committee said that we're going to go to two point plays in college football after the second overtime to eliminate, eliminate the possibility of concussions and contact. Dog. That is probably the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard. Do these motherfuckers understand biomechanics and that we're wearing 10 pounds of gear traveling 20 miles an hour? Do we understand that in a two-point scenario from the three-yard line... That it is more fucking bang, bang, faster and more physical than it is from the 25? <laughs> Do we understand that there's going to be more head banging from the three yard line than there is from the 25? With a possible kick to end it? A field goal, I mean? Holy shit. And that is what you guys, committee, came up with? Just so you know, you've taken away more film for possibly the left tackle, the left corner, the right line inside backer, the other D tackle that doesn't have a shitload but can have an extra maybe 8 to 10 real football snaps. Instead, you've made one two-point play and you're off the field. Thanks a lot for fucking my Future NFL fucking evaluation, up, sir. NCAA non-caring assholes of America. Thanks a lot, <laughs> motherfuckers. See, they won't tell you that shit though. Stephen A and M ain't gonna tell you the real shit like that. Like I just broke it down. Oh man, what a fucking joke. Anyway, um, here's my top five AFC teams. All right, start at the bottom. Start at the bottom. I got Tennessee Titans. They were consistent even without fucking, um, Henry and the last two weeks they've shit the bed. Um, but I still got them in the top five. I got them at number five. All right. Number four, I got the Indianapolis Colts. I think they played a great game yesterday. I think their coaches lost the game. Um, But Indianapolis has a good defense. They got Taylor. When they figure out to give him the ball again, I think the Colts will go back on another run, keep the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands as much as possible, let him throw a quick game, let him move the pocket, let him use his, uh, you know, moxie, if you want to say that, uh, you know, whatever his toughness may be, but he's not a guy that's going to win you the football game at the end of the game. So we got to keep it out of his hands. But the Colts have a good enough roster, in my opinion, Um To be in the mix. Cincinnati Bengals. I moved up to number three. I think they were consistent. Then they became inconsistent again, which is the trend of all teams this year. Just so we're clear, all teams have hit this fucking path. And again, Cincinnati's played two great games in a row, in my opinion. Uh, They beat a Raiders team who beat the Cowboys. They also just smacked the age fucking horrible fucking... Pittsburgh Steeler, Ben Roethlisberger, looks like he's 85 years old, to be honest. Um, I got Cincy at three. Chiefs, winners of four in a row, playing better defense. I hate to put him up this high, but I got him at number two because of what they've done in the last four weeks. Beating Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers kind of hurts their ranking, in my opinion. I think the Packers would have beat him with Aaron Rodgers. Um But the Chiefs have turned it around a little bit. I still don't think the Chiefs are a Super Bowl team yet. Um, I just think I'll put them in the two spot. And then New England has shown now that they're back. It looks like uh, they're the number one spot this week. Um, They are playing well. They got a rookie cue, managing the game, not hurting them. He ain't helping them like a Tom Brady would or Aaron Rodgers. But he's also... uh, not fucking them either. And they have a better running game than usual. And their defense is playing lights out. Led by a JUCO player, J.C. Jackson. Which I'm pissed about now because J.C., I recruited to Garden City. And I wasn't coaching defense, but I, I, I recruited him. And I wish I would have recruited him harder because I had offensive guys I had to worry about. And the defensive coaches, I guess, dropped the ball. Because he ended up going to Riverside JUCO out here in California. The rest is history. Um, JC was at Florida. That's where I found him and recruited him from. Um, he leads the league in picks. Undrafted JUCO player. Just so we're clear JC Jackson. Mr. INT. And on the outs looking in, I got Buffalo, Miami, and the Ravens, I think, are all fighting for the number six seed in the AFC. Buffalo's really hit the shitter. Um, I told you guys before the season, man, what the fuck has Buffalo done? Why is everybody so high on Buffalo? You know how many motherfucking analysts picked Buffalo to be in the Super Bowl? And I said, man, please. the motherfuckers, they might not make the playoffs. Watch New England mud-stomp Buffalo the next two games because they still play twice. Anyway, NFC. Let's go to NFC. Number five, This week, I got the Dallas Cowboys, losers of fucking two out of three. Um, I got the Dallas Cowboys still in my top five because the NFC has become a little soft. Um, Last three games, San Francisco 49ers are really balling, and I don't know if anyone wants to really play them motherfuckers right now. I got San Francisco coming in at the number four spot. And right ahead of them, I got their co-rival Arizona Cardinals at the number three spot uh, in the NFC this week. And number two, I got Tampa Bay. I think they've righted the ship, even though they lost two in a row to a Washington team that wasn't very good. Um, and, they, you know, they struggle with the fucking Giants team. Um, and I got Green Bay at one, I think. If Aaron Rodgers' toe ain't too fucked up, Green Bay's defense, combination of Aaron and and uh, Devontae uh, Adams, I don't think they they can. Uh, I think they got a path to win it, man, this year. I think they'll host the the con, they can host the playoff game, or the lead, I mean the, the the NFC can he can has to go through Green Bay, and I think it's going to be tough to play in that cold weather up there. Only guy that I think can beat him is Tom Brady in the cold. He's used to it from his New England days. Other than that, the Rams have really hit the slider. Uh, uh, you know, and then I got the Rams and the Vikings on the out looking in at the number six, seven, six seed. So I don't know, man. It's tough right now. I just the Rams have really hit the slide. I think they got to get used to all the talent that they have. That's a real thing. If you have never coached, you don't understand. You can have. Too much talent, just so we're clear. You can have too much talent, and it takes time um, to get all that on the same page. And I think the Rams still have the best roster in football. They just have to figure it out. I told you guys that Woods getting hurt is going to hurt them because OBJ still don't know the O. I don't think he's in great shape, and I don't think he's the OBJ that he used to be. But... We'll see. If Stafford can get back to being a Rams quarterback and not the Lions quarterback, the Rams have a shot. But the Rams' defense ain't playing very good either. So they're all fucked up right now. They got to figure it out. I think if anyone can, the Rams can figure it out. They play in warm weather every day. Uh, If they're at home, they're in L.A. They should be smiling every day, coming to work. I think the Rams have an opportunity to figure it out. Vikings and the Rams are on the way on looking at that six seven spot, so that's my NFL picks right now. Um, Yes, Aaron Rodgers is 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 a different thrower. Um, it's not even close, and that's why people people kill me with that shit when they talk about all this Mahomes and all this shit. Mahomes is a gimmick guy. Josh Allen's a gimmick guy. Let him. Let me see him in five years still doing the shit that Aaron Rodgers is doing. That's when you name. Okay, this guy might be a good one. Like. You guys anoint these motherfuckers too fast. <sighs> Cam Akers hurt the Rams. I told people that, TJ. Cam Akers being hurt, hurt the Rams in the beginning of the year. And they should give the ball to Henderson more. Anyway, um, all right, Lincoln Riley's deal, okay? Listen, obviously he's been he's been negotiating this deal. I just found out that he got 110 million with SC, and SC bought him a six million dollar house in LA. And they paid for both of his houses in Oklahoma. They gave him ultimate access to the private jet of SC for his family and friends. And I think that um, they basically gave him the fucking key to the city and said, come win now. Going back to what I was saying, he's got a lot of SoCal recruits coming to Norman. He did. I think they decommitted. I don't know what they're going to do, if they're going to come back to SC or not because of him. But I tell these kids every day, do not pick a school solely for the coach. Even though I know that is a huge thing, obviously, right? Kids are going to go to the school for the coach because that's who's recruiting them, right? The school ain't recruiting them. The coach is. So there is some truth to both. But you can't solely pick the coach and nothing else or you're going to have a disappointing career and you're going to be in a decommitting tweets world and in the transfer portal world when Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma and goes to SC overnight after he sits on the media poll and tells everyone I'm not going to be the LSU coach. Hmm. That was even worse in my opinion. Like he told Oklahoma to fucking eat a dick and, By saying, I'm not going to be the next LSU coach. I can promise you that. That was kind of cold to me, to Oklahoma. Because you just basically said, I'm not going to be LSU's coach, but I'm not yours either. (laughs) I'm going to SC. This has been a couple months in the work, in my opinion. Um, You know, I know, like I said, I got good friends on that staff. Uh, I'm glad to see they'll be coming to LA and all that, but... I don't have nothing against Lincoln Riley. I'm just telling you, unless you're an L.A. guy, you're going to struggle in L.A. It's harder to keep L.A. kids home because they want to leave now. They want to go to the Oklahomas. They want to go to Alabamas. They want to go to LSU's and, and Clemson. These L.A. kids, just so you're clear, we got, we got what's my kid's name at Old Miss, the quarterback from Long Beach Poly? Coral, uh, Coral or whatever? You got... The quarterback at Ole Miss. Top Heisman candidate. Stroud at Ohio State. Heisman candidate. Bryce Young. Heisman candidate. Dog. They're all from LA. And SC and UCLA didn't get one of them. He didn't get one of them. We didn't get one cat. Also. Everyone's like, well, is Spencer Rattler going with him? I don't think Spencer Rattler's going to SC. I think that, I don't think that Lincoln Riley wants anything to do with Spencer Rattler. That would be my gut, but I don't know the relationship that well. It would really shock me if he goes to Arizona State because of what Arizona State has at quarterback. And I don't understand why Arizona wouldn't be a landing spot for the kid since he's from Arizona, I would think go to a place that has no fucking quarterback. Arizona needs a quarterback. He might be like, fuck, Arizona is horrible. I don't want to go to Arizona. So I don't know, man. It's just, to me, it's a trip. The inland empire right now has most of the talent. It's kind of migrated from LA here. A long time ago, a lot of LA cats, pops and moms moved out here to the IE. And it's become a, a recruiting hotbed. It's been this way for a while. The, the Trinity League in high school, Monterey, Bosco, they live on the IE, which is, if you don't know what the IE is, it's the Inland Empire of SoCal. It's about an hour east of Los Angeles. It is Riverside, San Bernardino County. It's a large, huge county. The largest county in the world is San Bernardino. Riverside is like the second largest. These are two huge counties out here with a lot of good high school football about an hour east of L.A., Um, and a lot of the schools in L.A. and Orange County are taking the kids from out here and picking them up on vans and buses early 5, 3, 4 in the morning and driving them to those places, modern days, uh, all these different places. And SC, just so you know, the high schools in Cali are out recruiting the colleges. The high schools in California are out recruiting USC and UCLA. (laughs) Because they're doing the work. They're picking up the motherfuckers in vans. And you motherfuckers at SC and UCLA won't get your asses up and come out here and talk to the kids and meet the coach. How the fuck do you think you're getting them? Nick Saban's flying his fucking ass into this motherfucker. So, uh, I don't think Lincoln Riley is a fit for L.A., I don't think that I think it'll be another recyclable fucking hire in five years. If he can win here, so be it. I don't, I'm not saying he can't win, but I'm not going to say he's going to be a natty here in two years either, because I just don't think, uh, LA is a different animal. It's like Florida. It's like Texas. It's like these other places. You have to be from here, in my opinion. Why do you think Texas is so hard up on keeping Texas coaches? Ca- Texas JUCOs? You can't keep from California and go coach a Texas JUCO. It's hard to be from California and go t- coach a high school in Texas. Mississippi? Don't even fucking think about it. Ain't nobody from outside of Mississippi getting a Mississippi JUCO or high school job. Florida? Here and there, but not really. Florida sticks to Florida. Cali usually sticks to Cali. is really the only state, in my opinion, that takes outsiders and takes them in um, more than other states do. Georgia, South Carolina, Oklahoma. Oklahoma will take some Texas coaches. Oklahoma will take some coaches from California. I've, I've, I know a few that have done that. But for the most part, states tick to their states, man, because it's, it's it's a it's a fucking landscape thing. It's an environmental thumbprint. Do you know the landscape? Do you understand the real estate? Do you know the dynamics? Do you understand L.A. kids and their hood ass mamas? No, spend, you don't. Lincoln Riley, you're going to fucking struggle. Can I come in for two days and recruit you to go to Norman, Oklahoma and bring you on a visit, get you out of L.A. for a weekend and show you this beautiful stadium and all this Nike shit? And yes, I can get you out of your element for that. Can you get me out of my element to stay in my environment? No, it's not that easy. It's much more difficult to recruit an L.A. kid to keep him in L.A. than it is to take an L.A. kid to Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State. (sighs) Just trying to tell you, that's what it is. So you got to be able to understand that just because Lincoln Riley got kids to go to Oklahoma, don't think he's coming to lock down Cali just because he got the SC job. It don't work that way. These kids might say, fuck you now. I'm not going to Oklahoma or USC. I'm going now to motherfucking Georgia or wherever that, whoever else offered them. A lot of LA kids right now want to get out of Cali. And I'm just telling you, they want to go to a place that packs the stadium that has real life environment and structure and has a fucking, you know, as and UCLA, you're not walking through a town of people you're not walking through motherfuckers so hey i'm just telling you we'll see what happens so hey the best of luck to everybody man i don't know we'll see what happens who knows but i don't think it's a great fit but best of luck to them it is what it is uh Um we'll see what happens. Curious to see how it all unfolds. We'll see if Chip Kelly keeps his UCLA gig. You know, they beat SC, but fuck seven and four. I mean, they're mediocre, man. Um, get a lot of money to be mediocre. Uh, That's that's what I'm saying, man. It's, It's a fucking joke. California dog, you got beaches, bitches, snow. Fucking. Clubs, mountains, you can go to anywhere, San Diego, take a drive to Frisco, if your team is doing shitty, I got other options, motherfucker, I can go to a Laker game, a Clipper game, I can roll to fucking see the Chargers and the Rams, why would I go to SCUCLA game? But if you're in Norman, fucking Oklahoma, you're a one-horse town. You're in fucking Bloomington, Indiana, you're a one-horse town. If you're in fucking Columbus, Ohio, you're a one-horse town. There ain't no other things to do. You're in a fucking metropolis of all metropolises. You're in L.A. You're in Hollywood. Go see a movie. You could be in a movie. You could be in a porno. I don't know. Everything is here, motherfuckers. Go figure it out. Go down Crenshaw, drop a Lolo. Go smoke weed. Go buy weed. Go make weed. Go make a porno. You can do whatever the fuck you want here. There's other options than watching a average to shitty USC and UCLA team play in a a hundred and fucking ten thousand place arena with twenty thousand in the crowd. <laughs> oh shit. We'll see, man. I'm curious to see how it all works. Who knows? Um, I'm not even gonna talk about the Lakers. They're shitty. They're old. i you know, I don't. I haven't even watched them since the first few days. They're horrible. I I, I have nothing to do. It's gonna be interesting, man, to see this week uh, conference title games. Um, and uh, we'll see, man. You know. Um, and if, if you guys don't know, man, there's a football site that most coaches go on. It's called Football Scoop. Alan can show you, tell you about it. But footballscoop.com is a site that if you hit the scoop up here, it's pretty much, it beats ESPN and everybody else. They tell you about coaching hires and coaching moves before anyone else. So you can go on here and see about coaches Moves and hires, um, pretty quick. All right, so DeBoer got the head job at Washington, which a lot of people knew. All right, um, he'll owe Fresno State a million dollar buyout. So, um, so you can see all these different things. Milliken University, um, their head coach resigned after so many years. That's a Division three school in Illinois. Okay, RC Slocum. Uh, he used to be the old head coach at Texas A&M. Um, PJ Fleck has fired his OC. LSU um, basically says that Brian Kelly's going there. Um, St. Ambrose, uh, NAIA school in Illinois, where head coach resigned. So bottom line, go to there. Go check it out. And, uh, you know, you could uh, look at Temple. The school plans to hire a search firm. This is the shit I talk about on Pat McAfee show. Why are you hiring a search committee to hire a coach to coach kids that they have never met? Does that make fucking sense to you? A outside search firm is going to hire your coach at your institution to be around your kids that you're the president and athletic director of and also, by the way, you guys, own, you, you guys all have doctorate degrees. You have fucking doctorate degrees and you can't fucking hire your own coach. Oh, to me, dog, it's one of the biggest slaps in the face. Like you're hiring cats to come basically babysit kids they've never met. You've never met these motherfuckers. You can't hire your own fucking people. Why do you have a doctorate degree for? (laughs) Oh shit. Lance Leephole. Good friend of mine. New head coach of Kansas. He's. Firing a bunch of guys on defense, I right hear. So this is just thing, football scoop. Go check it out. You can also go to high school football scoop. It tells you about high school jobs across the country. California usually is not on here because California has its own entity. They're so big. We have so many schools. California really don't put a lot of things on here. So you notice there's no California schools on this thing. Uh, sometimes you'll get a few high schools on California on football scoop, but those are the schools that usually win and their administration understand that football scoop is where every coach in America looks for jobs. And that's how uninvested California administrators are. They have not a fucking clue how to hire a coach. They don't know when the fucking job should be flown. They don't understand that the coaching job should be hired around now. <laughs> they don't get that. You have to start a, a culture build, rebuild. You don't. They don't get that you need to start a winter conditioning fucking plan of attack and start whatever goal objective. Fucking, you know, every coach should come in with with some type of uh, mission statement and, uh, you know, does does the administrators understand that this shit needs to happen now? Did, did they understand it don't happen in fucking May? <laughs> You need to be in place in December. Have exit meetings or entry meetings with the new team that you just are meeting. Hire a staff. Get a fucking plan of attack. A first year, a three-year a three plan for success. What's going to be year one, winter one? What's going to be year one, spring one? What's going to be year one, summer one? What's going to be year one, fall one? What's going to be your goals and objectives? What are we doing? Are we just trying to win games? Or are we trying to get kids graduated, get kids scholarships? We're going to get bigger and faster, stronger in the weight room. What's our GPA requirements? What is our disciplinary standards? What are we doing? Administrators, you have PhDs. Fucking use them. Holy fuck. You got to hire people to hire for you? That's the most ignorant shit I've ever heard in my motherfucking life jesus christ anyway Whew. hey it's a great day to have a great fucking day man i appreciate everybody coming on today We had over 100 people in the show um it'll be up and running here shortly on all the platforms spotify apple itunes google music all that shit go check it out and like i said um uh, Hopefully, man, I uh, see you Wednesday in here at the same time. Friday, I'm on the Pat McAfee show, nine, usually 9, 9.30 in the morning uh, on the West Coast, usually 11:30, 12 on the East Coast. And then I do my own show at two o'clock on the Pacific, five o'clock on the East Coast on Friday. So appreciate everybody coming in. Follow Allen. My main man, T.J.'s in the house. T.J. Allen, you guys knew each other from Garden. Or was was uh, Alan not at Garden yet? Yeah, Alan was at Garden with TJ, I think. Um, I don't know if you guys remember each other or not. I don't know if you guys put that together, TJ and Alan. But. Hey, Alan, you know what? Do you know, Alan, you still in here? Do you know a guy named, he asked me about you today, dog. His name is Joe DeLeon. Joe DeLeon, Alan. He said he played at Rhode Island with you. He hit me up. He works for Believe. He works for the podcast company that I that uh, I'm under. So he uh, he said to tell you hello. Um. Anyway. Yeah, Alan. He he spoke highly of you. He he uh, he works for Believe, man. Podcast company. You should hit him up. Um he said to tell you hello. I can get you his number. I got his number. Um we'll see what happens. Uh let's see. i holler at you Tim Holler at everybody And uh You guys be safe out here And don't eat too much leftovers And if you haven't Got rid of your leftovers On Thanksgiving From Thanksgiving Get rid of that shit It's too long You've had the shit too long Appreciate you guys man And uh I' at ya peace hope this ain't my last chance, it's the last chance for you last chance for me man. will I make it will I take it to the top we gonna see it's the last chance for you last chance for me it's the last chance for you last chance for me it's the last chance for you last chance for me will I make it will I take it to the top we gonna see it's the last chance for you last chance for me it's the last chance